Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Let me, um, this year, our word for this year is engage. And, uh, and, and, and Phil shared out of Hebrews 12 this morning and, and uh, one of the core parts of that scripture is to throw off everything that hinders. Throw off everything that hinders. And, and last week we talked about gratitude and, and that's sort of one of the things that we need to, I guess, add to our w- walk, I guess, is, is gratitude. And this week I, I nearly went with joy and added joy nothing. No, I want to talk about something we need to throw off again that, that hinders us. And, and one of those things that I... I stumbled across was this word inadequacy, inadequacy, and it's a, one of those words that you know you probably don't use it very much in our in normal language, but I just reckon it's one of the things that can hold us back from God's best in our life, and and that Hebrews 11 scripture talks about running the race, running a, a better race as Christians, you know, um, uh, about not fearing failure, and we've talked about that, about you know as I said gratitude last week, but it's running with perseverance the race marked out for us and uh and sometimes the enemy works out ways to stop us from running our way our race you know and 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 tries to and even if we do start the race he tries to distract us in on the way through and 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 take away our i don't know our our, our power our strength our our you know the, the thing that he started us in it takes away our perseverance and uh makes us like jelly christians you know, and and I'm going to give you both sides this morning because I'm on both sides of this ledger. Every time I talk, I'm I'm talking to myself, and I'm seeing myself as the jelly Christian, and I'm seeing myself as that powerful Christian as well. I'm I'm talking about faith, and I'm talking about being a wimp, and talking about those two things at the same time. And uh, uh, the problem with being a, just a jelly a jello Christian is we've got no resistance at all. We just move with whatever else is going on around with us. We just move with that. And I just don't think that's the way we're meant to operate as Christians. Sure, in, in our natural man, um, we can stand up and be strong, but that only lasts so long. What we've got to tap into is the, the faith in God. Our confidence is in God. Our, our faith comes out of that. Our, our, our power, our strength, our, our whatever you want to call that, comes out of that faith in God. And, and I just looked at um, the acronym we used at the start of the year for ENGAGE. And I, I have got a screen, if you want to move on a little bit there, Luke, if, if we're working. Um, there's an acronym we used for, uh, for ENGAGE. And not working? No? Um, the first word was empowered. Empowered. And that means to risk more and be bold. You know, and we're going to look at the X, book of Acts this year. I want to talk a lot about that. The second one is new. Innovation, creativity, new thinking. You know, I love just tapping into that creativity, that, the, the, the new way of thinking about things. The gospel, you know, the increasing passion of God. You know, um, the next one was advance for A, forcefully advancing the kingdom of God. The next one was gather, occupy and attract which is the, the, the definition of engage. And, and the, the last one, E, was exponential, growth and potential. And, 
And, and, and I think about, okay, well, so what's the opposite of that? What's, what's the opposite of, of, of those things, you know? Um, empowered is, is not to be bold, it's to be a wimp. You know, it's the opposite of that. The new, and this isn't going to work quite so well. For, have I got a screen? No, yes, I have. Go to the next screen, Luke. It's not going, is it? Not happening? Can you just run it straight from the thumb drive? Bypass ProBesenter? Had a few problems with the computer recently. So I can just run it from that. I'll keep moving and it'll come up on the screen there. So the empowered, the opposite was that, not to be bold. New is to be to have old thinking, that old wineskin, that old way of doing things, those old habits con, you know, controlling our lives. The gospel is that in, increasing passion for things of, of God. The opposite is to be self-absorbed, self-obsessed, self-focused and think about us all the time instead of what we're supposed to be doing out there. To advance forcefully, that's, that's what I think we should be doing. Instead, it's to stay still, to move backwards, to feel defeated, you know, um, to gather. The opposite of that would be to be isolated, you know, and, and the enemy loves it when we're isolated. We're so easy to pick off when we're isolated. And that exponential thing about growth and potential, there's like this negativity, this subtraction that goes on, this retraction that goes on. And it's, that would be what the enemy would want. What God wants is to be empowered, new thinking, creativity, advancing the gospel of God, you know, um, forcefully advancing together to, to that exponential thing that happens only through God's power. And, and I pray this morning, this, this message gives you some inner strength, some resilience, some perseverance to run the race that God has got for us. I pray that this works because I'm, I'm going to expose my own weaknesses in this time and, and also hope might even tap into a couple of yours in, in this process. Because this inadequacy thing, I think, holds us back from God's best for our lives. And we need to, Hebrews 11, throw off those things that hindered us, throw it off and, uh, and replace it with what God's got for us, that faith, that thing that he's got for us. You know, and, and in fact, I think, I haven't had time to think about this well, but I think almost gratitude and inadequacy are opposite. You see, gratitude means that there's more than enough. Inadequacy means there's not enough. When we think with gratitude, there is always enough for what God has got for us to do in our lives, whatever that looks like. But in inadequacy would say there's never enough. There's not enough. I'm not good enough. I can't do it. And, and so I think that they're almost opposites. I hadn't had time to explore that enough, but I scratched that in my notes here this morning. You know, sometimes over the years, <laughs> I can be prayed up. I can be well prepared for my message. I can have that awesome worship time. And I can sit down or stand up and feel totally inadequate for what God wants to do. Like just one negative thought, one destructive thought, one thing comes into your head and all of a sudden you go, oh, I'm not good enough, I can't do this. Why would people want to listen to me? What, what, have I, God, what do I know about that? You know, what, what, what can I have to say about that? Why would they want to listen to what I've got to say? And as soon as you go to me, as soon as I start to think about me, of course, no one wants, would want to listen to me. But if it's based in God's word 
and it's based in faith and you let the Holy Spirit breathe on it, all of a sudden something that I haven't got that's worthy to say becomes something that's worthy to say and it builds our lives for what God wants us to do and builds the church. And, and inadequate, the, the definition or, or some um, words that are similar to it, insufficient, deficient, lacking, unsatisfactory, laughable, poor. <laughs> and, you know, you don't want to be feeling like that when you're about to preach, you know. You want to get up here full of faith and full of what God wants to do in me and through me in, the, in that process. For you, when you feel inadequate, I just want you to, and I'll just go through a couple of things here. Maybe you're comparing yourself with somebody. You know, and maybe in terms of finances for, for men and women, but, but sometimes for men, you're comparing yourself financially to someone else who's been successful. And, and often, you know, we can you think, well, what's wrong with me? How come those people can have that? Maybe you drive down a, a, a really nice street foreshore drive or, or someone like that, and you think, how do these people get these multi-million dollar houses? What have they done? What, where do they work? How do they get this money for that? And, and, and you feel inadequate, inadequate because you don't measure up. Or ladies, you, you go to a friend's house and a house is perfect. Not a thing out of place. You walk in, it smells really good. You walk into your place, it smells like laundry. You know, and, and, and uh, you, you know, the, the food, she prefers beautiful food. And we've got so many great cooks in this church. You know, it's so amazing some of the meals I've had over the years. The food's prepared beautifully, on time, exactly when it's supposed to be prepared. You know, smells magnificent, tastes magnificent. The hair's in place, the nails are done. And, uh, and you love her because she's your friend, but you hate it because she looks perfect, you know. And uh, why can't I live up to that? You know, maybe it's that comparison. Maybe if you're a student, you know, your best friend is, is so smart. You know, they don't seem to do any work at all. You work all your, your backside off to try and get B's and C's. I don't even know if they use B's and C's anymore. But anyway, B's and C's. And, and, and he or she doesn't seem to do anything and they get A's. You know, you go to a party or a school dance and, and they've got seven invitations to hang out and you haven't got any. And you feel like a failure because you don't measure up to that comparison. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes we can feel spiritually inadequate. You know, if you're a Christian and you're around super Christians and, uh, and you know, you're talking about something, you bring up something and they go, oh yeah, that reminds me of Zephaniah 1.7 or 1.8 and they quote the scripture and you go, is that in the Bible? You sure that's in the Bible? I'm not sure it is. And, uh, and you think, how do they do that? How do they do that? I, I, I'm not sure I know how they do that, you know, and, and I couldn't do that. Or they pray and their prayers are just like, you can just know God's going, wow, that is a good <laughs> prayer. That is an awesome prayer. And they ask you to pray. You go, no, no, I'm right. I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm good. good. No, no, come on, come pray. Oh, okay. Um, Rub-a-dub-dub, God bless this grub, amen. Is that good? Is that good? And you go, that's rubbish. I suck as a Christian, you know. And, and you can feel so inadequate sometimes because of that. And I can feel that way. I can feel totally inadequate sometimes. And, and I think for many of us, we can feel that way every now and then. You know, you, you can live your life. You're trying to live up to, and for me, I think it is 
trying to work out what that is. I, I think it's to try and live up to these standards that other people have put in place and we're trying really hard. We just don't feel like we can measure up. Or sometimes, here's how I can react, is if I don't feel like I measure up, I don't try. I give up before I start. I, I, I won't try because I don't want to look foolish. I don't want someone else looking down at me. And I'm really not sure which one's worse, to be truthful. I think actually not trying is probably worse. As a young man, newly married, well, not newly married, we were married for five years, but um, I never felt more inadequate than when I held my firstborn, my son, you know, just a few hours old, and thinking, oh my goodness, this little thing relies on me. You know, till then, you can live a pretty selfish life. But, but as a dad, as a husband too, but as a dad particularly at hit home, it's like, whoa, this little thing, this little squirmy red wrinkled thing is, is relying on me. And uh, sometimes you can think, oh, I'm not sure if I've got what it takes, you know? And sometimes you get a sense of this overwhelming inadequacy. Then you add to that your jobs and friendships, relationships, finances. You know, for me, my, my calling as a pastor, you know, you just can sometimes feel totally inadequate for what God has positioned you for, you know? And uh, you're not sure you know enough, you're not sure you're good enough, you're not sure you're holy enough, you're not sure you know enough, you know? And you compare yourself. You, you just do. You just compare yourself to other churches. And you look at some of these great churches in our nation and, and you go, well, how come that church is growing so quickly and how come our church isn't growing as quickly and, and what am I doing right, wrong? And, and you feel overwhelmed with this sense of inadequacy. Why do we battle with those beliefs? Why do we battle with those attitudes? Well, I want to build just a really quick foundation and I'll give you three points to finish here this morning. I'm going to look at the, the story of Gideon. And, and in Hebrews... Uh, Hebrews 11, it talks about Gideon you know, as being one of those, those great witnesses. That, and he says, you haven't got time to talk about, but here's, here's Gideon. And we're going to look at Gideon this morning. But here's some reasons why I think we might feel inadequate from, to time, from time to time. Number one is we've received unfair criticism. Somewhere along the line, someone has criticized us with wrong motives, with wrong insight, wrong understanding. You know, you don't measure up, you don't have what it takes. I don't like you, I wish I never had you, you're pathetic, you're never going to amount to anything, I wish you were more like your brother, sister, so-and-so, whoever. And at any time we want to do anything significant, particularly in the kingdom of God, you hear those old messages replayed in your head, replaying that inner voice. I'm not adequate, I can't do this, I'm not capable to do this. The second reason, this is almost the opposite of this. Number two, we receive unrealistic compliments. Unrealistic compliments. And, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but, but someone's saying, you're the best, you're amazing, no one's as good as you. Inside you're going, no, I'm not. You don't really know me. You don't really understand what I have to go through on a daily basis. You know, I'm not amazing. And, and, and I, here's, here's my theory, here's a personal perspective on this. It's my theory that really we've done ourselves a disservice to the emerging uh, generation that, that I love so much. 
you know, the, the young 20s and the, the teens coming through, we've actually told them they're good at everything. They're, you're good at everything. And, and, and you know, back when I was growing up, not I necessarily agree this is the way to do it, but you actually had to be good at something to win something. You know, you actually had to win that race to actually get a trophy, uh, not just show up. And, um, you know, good job, you're a reserve, 10th reserve, there's a trophy for being the 10th reserve. And you go, really? Oh. These days you, you graduate kindergarten. No, Toby graduated daycare. He went one day a week for a couple of months, he graduated daycare. It's of his class. You can do anything, boy, go for it. And, and, you know, in our days, we actually had to do all school and then university before you actually graduated. You know, I, I don't know, it just seems around the wrong way sometime. And therefore, he, here's the point I want to make. Therefore, we've now got this whole generation that is paralyzed by fear. Because they recognize they actually aren't as good as people keep telling them they are. I don't want to try because I might try and I might not look good enough. I might not be good enough. I might not be up here when people are telling me up here, but I actually feel like I'm down here. I feel really inadequate. And I often won't even have a go, which is so sad. And the third reason here, um, so it's unfair criticism, unrealistic compliments. The third one is unwise comparisons. We've talked a little bit about that already. But we look around other people and, and say, you know, I'm not like them. I'm not as attractive, I'm not as bright, I'm not as smart, I'm not as good-looking, I'm not as... Whatever that is, I haven't got the fruits of the Spirit operating in my life like they do and, and uh, as Christians. And, you know, I read an article not too long ago that says social media is now one of the greatest causes of feelings of inadequacies. Social media, the thing that, that you know, is a great connection, but actually is one of the greatest, greatest causes of feelings of inadequacy because... We upload a picture of our Vegemite and cheese sandwich that we're having for dinner and someone else uploads their gourmet seafood buffet that they're having for dinner. And, and, and you know, um, we're at home watching TV and someone else loads a photo of them being on in Bali or Hamilton Island or, or something like that. And, and we're going, my life sucks. You know? I don't go on vacations like that. I don't, I don't have movie star friends. I, don't, I only have 172 followers and they've got 950 followers and, and so I'm a loser because of that. And I reckon this affects this next generation so, so much. I mean, it probably affects many of you. I don't actually do Facebook, but I have to actually be involved in it for the church just to make sure I like what's going there. But I think what... I've realized is, and, and I heard this said once, and I think it's so true, we compare our highlight reels, no, we, sorry, we compare others' highlight reels with our behind the scenes. We compare others' highlight reels with our behind the scenes. And, and it makes us, ends up us feeling inadequate. We just don't feel good enough about ourselves. And we see other people with their kids our kids are perfectly primed and you know, not hair's done nice and shoes are on. And, 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 and I remember our kids, they often would be lucky to have two socks the same, you know, and, and uh, you've just yelled at them. You know, you've just yelled at them. 
Look, if you live with my wife, you'll know what I'm talking about because sometimes we're just a little bit random, you know. It just doesn't, doesn't not, I'm, I'm, I like things lined up a little bit, but my wife doesn't, she likes to mess that up so they're never lined up. And, 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 and you know, and you see people in church form worshipping God and you know you've just got some internal doubts. And if you're new to this church thing, can I tell you, no one's got it all worked out. No one's got it all together. Everyone is struggling just the same. And in faith, we're trying to step out. We're trying to worship God with all we have. We're trying to give it everything we've got. But I'm telling you, the truth is, every single one of us has our own struggles. You know, And even if we look like we've got it together, don't be intimidated by that. Don't feel inadequate, please. If you get everyone's personal vaccine stories... I'm guaranteeing you, everyone is in the same place. Because we're only human. We're only human. Hmm. Don't compare your other people's highlight reels with your behind the scenes. Because if we do that, we start that, to replay that inner voice that tells us we're not good enough. When God wants to tell us that we, what we really are, we're letting other people tell us through their, their impressions, their, their, their influence on our lives. And I want to look at the, the story of Gideon this morning, and I have got enough time to, to do this. So, um, we're going to look at chapter 6, verses 11 to 16, and I have got some screens for this, um, and I'll add a bit of commentary when I read this through. But, uh, um, but I want to break down what God's saying to Gideon here, because this young man felt very inadequate when God approached him. And, and so we're going to want to show you how to maybe throw off those things that hinder us, throw off inadequacy in your life. Verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah. She's been around a really long time, hasn't she? That belonged to Joash the Abyssinite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Okay. So Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, in the old days, they used to thresh wheat on the hilltops because they'd throw it up in the air and all the, the husks would come down, they'd keep the good stuff and all the, the other stuff would fly away. He's doing this in a dungeon, basically, in a hole. He's hiding in a wine press. And he's, because he's afraid, he's scared of the enemies, he's scared of the Midianites, he's very, very afraid. So... He's trying to keep this wheat for himself because they've come through and they've just wrecked everything they've been through. And, and so get the scenario here. Fear, afraid, hiding almost. And look at what the angel says to him in verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is what? The Lord is with you. And then what did he call him? <laughs> he called him a mighty warrior. Now, if I'd been there, I'd say, that's not right. He's a wuss. Look at him. He's hiding. He's scared. He's, he's, he's down there. And the Lord says, no, no. See, God sees something in us that we don't see in ourselves, that other people don't often see in us as well. You mighty warrior. See what Gideon replies here. Um, but sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders? What, what you foretold about us when you said, did the Lord not bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of the Midianites. The Lord turned to him and said, 
Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Am I not sending you, God asks. You see, in verse 15, whenever you see God calls you, he will empower you. He will lead you into something. And there'll always be a battle, by the way. Exactly what Phil was saying this morning. There'll always be a battle. Sometimes it'll be an external battle. Sometimes it'll be an internal battle. But there'll always be a battle. Sometimes there's both. And, uh, and you can't let those inner voices from your past, from those other things we talked about, unfair criticism, unrealistic compliments, unwise comparison. You can't let those voices speak to you when God is calling you into something significant. Gideon says this, but Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. And you might say it like this. You say, well, I'm not talented enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. I can't sing, I can't play musical instruments with broken fingers. Did you know that? Matt played the guitar this morning with a broken finger. Is that pretty crazy? Did, did, you, did you know that? He had a silver thing that kept disappearing on the way through. And Chris said at one stage, he's been healed, he's been healed. Um, but he played with a broken finger this morning. That, that's crazy. Well done, Matt. Put, put your hands together for Matt. So I can't play guitar with a broken finger. I'm not, I can't talk in front of people. I, whatever those things are that are in you, I don't look good enough. I don't look like her or him. I'm not smart. Well, whatever it is, those inner voices try to tell us the messages that tell us why we can't do what God's calling us to do. When God has already said to us what we have to do. And, and, and this in verse 16, this, the Lord answered, the key, the whole message is here. He said this, I will be with you. I will be with you and you will strike down the Midianites together. One version adds together. I love that. I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together. What are you going to do? What, what, what are you going to start throwing off? What do you need to start throwing off? Those attitudes of inadequacy because we're not who we think we are. We're going to become who God has called us to be. That's faith. That's living in the faith zone. That's living beyond our natural man. That's living beyond that. So I've got three points to finish here this morning. Three things I want you to know about this story of Gideon. First thing is this. If you're taking notes, when that inner voice starts with those messages of insecurity and adequacy, Number one, remember that God's view of you is different than you think. God's view of you is different than you think. I promise you, God sees more in you than you see in yourself. More in you than what people see in you. In verse 12, the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon, who's hiding. Everything about his physical action says, I'm afraid. And the Lord says, I am with you. Calls him a mighty warrior. God sees more in you than you see in yourself. And and I want you to know, for every single one of you here this morning, God's view of you is different than your view of yourself. See, we're living in the faith zone. We're living in the God zone in, in our lives. We've got to. That's where we've got to position ourselves. We can't live by the past. We can't live by the old things that have been spoken into our lives. We just can't. We've got to throw off anything that hinders. We've got to start to live in that new place in God. See, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, and this is out of the New Living Translation. For we are God's 
masterpiece. And one version, the NIV says workmanship. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he prepared and planned for us long ago. You see, do you realize that long before you were even born, God had a heavenly to-do list for you. He had purpose for you specifically. God created you with everything you need in you right now to do everything he's called you to do. Everything, not some things, not a little thing, not a few things, everything. You see, we don't live our lives like that. We don't really believe that, mostly. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God does. He knows everything about you. He knows all the history that you've been through. He knows the tough times. He knows the good times. He knows all that. And yet he is still calling you to greater things. And we can't do it because of us. We can't do it in the flesh. We do it in the power of the living God, Holy Spirit, in us. We live in that zone. God's view of you is different than you think. You see, it's the way it's outplayed in the Bible over and over again. David as a child was overlooked as a leader. You know, God spoke to Samuel and he went to the household of Jesse and and and. And where's all your sons? And they didn't bring David out of the, the shepherd field. They didn't bring David at all. And he said, nah, it's none of these. He looks good, but it's not him. It's, you know, strong, but no, nah, it's not him. And, and it was David. King, I mean, God saw a warrior, a king in David. And, uh, and David wasn't even sure what he saw in himself. He, he sinned. He fell. He was an adulterer. Other people saw him as an adulterer. He, he, created, he actually did murder. Seriously. What did God see after all that? He saw a man after his own heart. He saw a man after his own heart in David. See, it can't matter what we've done before. It's actually about how we position ourselves for the now. About letting God speak into us and, and use us and work through us. You know, Peter, for goodness sake, he messed up again and again and again and again, over and over again. <laughs> you know, Peter's great to read because seriously, it lets you off the hook. You just go, well, this is Jesus, you know, and he's missing it. But what did Jesus see in Peter? He saw the rock. He saw someone who could be absolutely central in, in building the church, in the early church, you know, and, and when others see you or when, when you see yourselves. You don't see that. But I came here, I reckon, this morning to tell you, God sees more in you than you see yourself. God's view of you is different than you think. God has put more in you than you realize. So that's number one. God's view of you is different than you think. Number two, God has given you more than you think. God has given you more than you think. See, God has given you more than we understand. You know, in verse uh, 14, um, I love what God says to Gideon. <laughs> so he doesn't say, well, go and get prepared, go and take a class, you know, go to uni, read a book, um, go, go do any of that stuff. No, he doesn't say any of that. He says, go in the strength you have right now. Right now. Go in the strength I've already given you. Go in the strength you already have. You just don't recognize it yet. And I, that's, that's inadequacy. That's exactly the point of inadequacy. We don't realize we've got that strength of God in us until we start to, to breathe on it, 
to let it become more and bigger than what it actually is, to start to step into what God has got for us. And you hear those negative messages going around their head. I don't have what it takes. I can't do that. I don't measure up. I'm not as good as them. And I want you to know that God has given you more than you think. There's more inside of you than you realize. Everything you need, God has already given you right now. He's given you everything you need for the future to do what he's called you to do. And, and truthfully, well, I think you only have to look at any person that, that's stepping up in God. I, I know that's for me, for my life. That was exactly the way I thought. I said, when Mark there said, I, I'd, I'd like you to think about coming on staff, I went, I think you got it wrong. I, th- you know, I think you might have missed the message from God here. You know, I, th- I think, there's, there's, can't you see all the good people in our church? You know, like, they're all, he's been to Bible college and, and he's, he's amazing. He's got a, a, a doctorate and, and, you know, and, and, and they've been around for a long time. And, and <laughs> I, remember God, I remember Mark's were going, yeah, but God didn't say them. He said you. And it was like, Oh, okay, I, I sort of get that, but don't you see all the other good people, you know? And it was like that, you felt inadequate to do what God had called you to do. Hmm. Go in the strength you have. Am I not sending you? Am I not sending you? Um, yeah, let's, let's have a look at 2 Peter 1, three. It says this, uh, God's divine power has given you given us everything we need, everything we need. Is God holding anything back? No, he's not. He gives you everything you need for what? For life and for godliness. For life and for... That's just about everything, by the way. That's everything. Through what? Through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. It's our knowledge of him. Our knowledge of him that gives us everything that we need. Don't dare believe what someone else has said about you. Don't dare believe those negative messages that maybe go around in your head from time to time. God's view of you is different than you think. God has given you more than you think. You know, here's what I I did want to say here this morning. You might think, well, being a successful Christian is about being up front in church. No, it's not. It seriously is not. You know, and I'm not an upfront person. I'm a behind-the-scenes person. Can I say to you, Jesus would say yes and amen to that. You know, um, it's the people who are serving behind the scenes are the greatest. That's what his scripture tells us. And you might be now one of the greatest in the kingdom of God right now, and you don't even know it. You know, maybe you're feeling inadequate in terms of your financial positioning in your life, you know, and you're saying, well, I'm not earning the big six figures that I hear other people are earning. And, and uh, well, well, let me give you a different context on that. You see, maybe it's the fact you're home six nights a week with your family. Man, I'm talking to you right now. Maybe it's the fact that you give that priority in your life. That's an amazing gift. That's an amazing thing from God for you to be that, that man of God in your family. And it's not about the dollars. Truly, it's not. You know, I, I, here's another one that I just think we get around the wrong way. You know, and sometimes you go, well, I, I'm not good at talking. I'm not good at sort of trying to work out what people are saying and respond. And, and I'm just a good listener. 
and, and, and I'm really good at that, but I'm not really very good at saying things. And can I say, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, because I, I reckon more lives have been changed through good listeners than good speakers. I truly believe that. You know, I, I just think sometimes we think it's about all the talking, about our knowledge, about our wisdom, about what we've got to say. And I'm telling you, I've just seen some miraculous stuff in our church. As people just go and visit someone, as they sit with them, as they just listen, they don't try to tell them what to do or how to do it. They just exist with them. They be. They're not there with an agenda. They're not trying to make them do anything. They're just going, no, I'm just with you right now. And listen, I'll talk and I'll listen. I'll do some stuff. I'll clean up. I'll mow lawns or whatever it takes. But I'll just listen. And listening is an amazing gift from God. And you need to know this, that your presence can represent God as you listen to people, God's presence in people's lives. You know, I know my wife just recently just spent some time with, with a family that, that she went up all powered up, prayed up, word of God, going to give it to them. And she got there and just decided to be the light in their circumstances. She's dealing with cancer. She's also got some health issues and, and just looks at life quite negatively. And, you know, she just went and she was just light. And they, they, they sent messages and contacted and said, oh, it's amazing when you're around. It just feels like there's a lightness that comes into our world. She didn't go with the scriptures. She didn't bash them over the head with the, with the Bible. She just went and sat with them and listened. And spoke some optimism into their lives. Just spoke some light into their lives. Didn't tell them they had to come to church. Didn't tell them they had to be saved. None of that. Just was light in their circumstances, in the dark circumstances. And, and for you this morning, it's not about what we say. It's about we're there. We take God's presence with us. And we sit with those people. And I'm telling you, they can do more than all the smart words we can come up with. All the wisdom we think we've got all the lots of words we need to use no shut him out sometimes and just listen just listen number one god's view of you is different than you think number two god has given you more than you think number three it's less about you than you think it's less about you than you think <laughs> see the lord says to gideon in verse 16 i will be with you I will be with you. And then you'll strike down the Midianites. But it's because I'm with you, you'll strike down the Midianites. I will, and you are a mighty warrior because I am with you. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And, and can I, I know I've said that a lot this morning, but if you remember nothing else from this message, remember that verse. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Just think about that from time to time because God is saying the same thing to you and to me this morning. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Live in that place. Live in that place of being, carrying God with you into every circumstance, into every situation. You need to know this. When God calls you to do something, it's more about the presence of God than it is about our own power. It's more about the presence of God. It's about His strength, even when we feel weak. It's, it's, it's why we, we, we are believers you know we believe in something bigger and 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 more amazing and and 
and it's not about us. It's about the God that we believe in, we have faith in. And then we confront those things in us that hold us back from God's best. Those negative things, those words, those attitudes, those things. We need to throw those things off that hinder us. So that we become all that God wants us to be. Not all that other people tell us we should be. Not all the things that other people spoke into us. Because they're just not right. It's about who God has called us to be. But I'm not good enough. No, step into his grace. Well, I'm not smart enough. No, step into his power. It's made perfect in weakness. Well, I'm not pre- I'm as pretty as she is or uh, I'm not as handsome as he is. Well, step into your calling. You've got something that he or she doesn't have, the calling that they don't have. Well, I'm never going to be as adequate as a parent as they are. Well, step into what God is calling you to do. You see, God has made you uniquely, specifically you. Not someone else. Don't try and model yourself. Look, it's okay to model yourself for other people, I guess. Don't try and be them. Be the best version of you you can be that God has called you to be. So you're who God has called you to be. You are his masterpiece, his workmanship. He's created you in Christ Jesus to good to do good works. He's prepared a long time ago for you to do. Don't throw away your confidence. Throw away the inadequacies, the insecurities. Throw out those things because God's view is different than you think. God has given you more than you think. It's less about you than you know. It's really about him. Can we pray as the band comes? Father God. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.